Greetings, pod listeners. I've been told I have a face only a mother could love, but the show must go on. Thank you for tuning in to Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy. That's Kevin. Once a week, we gather to discuss our farcical, unscholarly opinions on random songs from the catalog of one of the most eclectic bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Hey Kevin, it's mm-hmm. Randy here. How you doing? Uh, what? Do you need something? Yeah, yeah. I thought oh, maybe oh. maybe we'd podcast tonight again already. It's been a week. I know. We can't leave it. I like... Yeah, I who's, thought who's, we could leave it. Well, whose stupid idea was this to do this every week instead of every two? Because we could have done it every two, really. <laughs> well, I think that man's name is Kevin. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, no. It's, it's always good to talk about Queen. I'll talk about Queen every day if I could. But um, yeah, no, Tuesdays, because we, we usually we record on Mondays, but Tuesdays have been the last couple of weeks. And Tuesdays, again, it's my bowling night. So we went on bowl again tonight, which was, again, was a lot of fun. Did you uh, get any strikes? I think I got three in the first game, two in the second and then maybe one in the third, like third frame just went to shit. But nobody, it was nobody likes to... a braggart, Kevin. Nobody <laughs> likes a braggart. Those, oh, are, yeah. pretty, those are pretty Check. astounding numbers. <laughs> Fucking three strikes brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey. How about you? What have you been up to? Oh, just, uh, just same, same. Everybody knows my name. Going to a place. You're going to LA, huh? You're going up to LA. On Thursday, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For our listeners, the people who are around here like to call it L.A., but it's the opposite of that. It's called Larange, <laughs> Larange, Saskatchewan. So it's about four hours, uh, so you know, approximately four hundred k north of Saskatoon, where we are. So a long ways up, and um, I'm working on uh, a, a television show called Blind Adventures, which I might have mentioned uh, at another on a previous episode, but that's what I I'm doing and have been prepping for, uh, getting my gear ready and, uh, whatnot for that. So that's always exciting. Well, you know, and you're going up there to work, but Laurent really is a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. It's just gorgeous up there. Absolutely. So yeah, I, 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 uh, I make light of it, uh, just because I'm, uh, completely 110% fully citified. But if you're <laughs> into hunting, fishing, nature of any kind, Lorange will not disappoint. The Lac Lorange uh, itself is is absolutely gorgeous and and a large large lake too. Uh, the hunting fishing is outstanding up there, and the people are wonderful. We should tell people too though. I mean, you get to northern Saskatchewan, and there is a point where the roads just stop. There's a right. there's a point at which roads just literally just end. But there's more towns and more people living further north than that. And Lorange isn't a million miles away from sort of the end of the road. It's only about I think another. I don't know, maybe a hundred kilometers north of Lorange, and then you're out. Then you're really just deep into the shield, the Canadian Shield, and it's just it's lakes and trees and you know bedrock, yeah. and it's. But again, it's just, it's so so nice up there. Anyone, if you ever get the chance to go, to, if you ever go to northern Saskatchewan, if you ever get the chance to go to Montreal Lake or like Lorange or Dory Lake or any of those places, it really is, and or Stanley Mission, it's gorgeous up there. Go do it. Fly over, come to our beautiful province, but don't do it in winter. That's right. And there are, yeah, like Kev's saying, there's a number of uh, communities up there that are all fly-in communities. Uh, or uh, in the summer, they'll barge barge equipment in and, and, and goods yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, 
But enough of that. What are yeah, we here enough to do? of that. What are we here to do, Randy? Well, I thought maybe uh, tonight we might uh, do a little podcast about a band called Queen. Uh, and uh, what we do is we just uh, we spin a wheel and it generates a random song. And then we are forced to talk about it at length. <laughs> would, uh, would you would you say would you say too much length? <laughs> yeah, I would, would say I... <laughs> sometimes we. I would say sometimes we go on and on about just needlessly unimportant facts uh, and uh, unbiased, unscholarly opinions. <laughs> Well, so, you know, again, for people who, if you're tuning in for the first time, first of all, where the hell have you been? We've been going for, I mean, actually months now, I think. This is episode 17. Oh, yeah. So my name's Kevin, and I'm a podcaster, a programmer, a soccer coach, a musician, and a laundry hamper, and I love Queen. So anybody who's listening in England, you might recognize that intro that I ripped off a different podcast. So I don't know what the prize will be, but if you tweet in them, if you can recognize which podcast I ripped that off from, drop us a line and I'll find something to give you. It might just be a guitar pick. Who knows? We'll see. A, you know what? Yeah, a previously owned guitar pick, previously owned by Randy Woods. Wow, that would be sure be cheap to send. Hey, Kev, big spender <laughs> over there. Hey, I'm thinking I'm thinking about I'm thinking costs. I'm thinking bottom line, uh, Randy. It's you really hard me. to turn the genius switch off, isn't it, Kev? Absolutely. The capitalism, it runs through my veins. You know that. <laughs> Hey, so right. last week, what do we have, Kev? Well, so last week we listened to In the Lap of the Gods. So when we were talking just offline that, you know, the boys over In the Lap of the Pods podcast definitely took the best Queen podcast name. Hands down, no contest. The referee stepping in before the fight's even begun. I like to think we came up with a good one, or I should say we. You came up with a good one, but In the Lap of the Pods is the best one. So In the Lap of the Gods, um, not the revisited version. So there's the two songs on side to She Heart Attack. Um, so we talked about the first one. And, you know, we got some chatter online about it. Um, and we also got uh, someone who posted a link, because we were talking, I think, in the episode about the live about a live version, and you were wondering whether Roger would put in those big, high, screamy vocals in the, you know, in the sort of in the, in the lead-out section. So we threw that on before we started. And um, I got to say that version from the Rainbow in 74, which I haven't listened to in a long time. I got to listen to that concert all the way through again. Because it's so good, and I, it's one of those things that I haven't listened to it for so long that I just kind of forgot about it. But I really enjoyed that version tonight. Yeah, and Raj does, in fact, step in on the, that outro and uh, flawlessly sings those high lines while playing his tubs, which is, uh, which is very cool. When I said to you that I find that version, that live version, has got a bit more swing to it, a bit more sort of... And definitely Preddy's playing... He's playing a little bit more on the piano. He's not following exactly that sort of, you know, the melodic progression, um, the chord progression that he plays on the recorded version. John's shredding. Deakey's absolutely mm -hmm. shredding on the bass. And Brian's sitting yeah. back a little bit. But it's got a bit more swagger to it. It's got a bit more, just a little bit more personality to it. I wonder if it's uh, I wonder if it's one of those situations where they're, uh, I can just tell you from personal experience that Sometimes you'll record a song, and we had looked it up earlier. They had played this 70 times. I forget the exact Something number, quite there, a yeah. few. Uh, I, 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 I've recorded a few songs, and you go out and you play it 70 times, and then by the time you've done that, you say, man, I wish we could have done it this way. Uh, so, And I just say that because uh, I really, really like that. I really like the live version of it. I like it better than the recorded version. Yeah. And Kevin, you had pointed out uh, uh, previously or before we started talking that you like to uh, his vocal better live unaffected and I agree I agree as well and now it's just probably just a stylistic 
choice or or whatever but uh yeah pretty cool yeah. pretty cool version well it's nice i mean that's one thing that you know queen's done well and I, you know a lot of fans hope they release more live concerts because they, um, they did a couple of shows from the 70s from really from 74 and 75 and then there's a lot of stuff from the 80s so the magic tour and all kind of around that area there's and there's budapest and there's the montreal queen live montreal montreal rocks but there's not a bunch of stuff from either like you know the jazz tour or the news of the world tour so some of those concerts some of those kind of more well-known concerts that fans are craving they haven't put those out yet, but most people kind of suspect that they are there in the vaults because Queen, you know, clearly did quite a good job of documenting and recording enough of their shows that they've got that to go back to. So very maybe, cool. Maybe they'll make the latter day one day. Okay, so talking about social media, shall we head over to the uh, Twitter? So we'll have a look. What people? Why say. don't we see what the what the tweets are tweeting? We got our good friend here, Paul Bradbury, uh, and he says it's a champion for me now. But I remember. Uh, it having to grow on me as a kid, uh, that slowed down vocal was so unsettling at first. And yeah, I guess I just sort of said that when Kevin, and I agreed that, uh, his, his, just his natural vocal is just, it's just a better thing. It, it, it must've been some new tech they're playing with. I don't know what, why else they would do it. And just, you know, like you said, I mean, you get into the studio and you've got all the tools. Well, let's, let's use them. Let's mess around. And the queen, that's what they did. They, they were inventive and they were, they pushed boundaries in the studio. So, I understand it, and I don't. I don't dislike that they went that way. But yeah, when you listen to that live version, Freddie's vocals so pure, and it's just great. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so another. I'm not too sure. I think maybe they um, commented last week. I can't remember now. But um, Fitlight Photography uh, at Ruddy Rutherford says, "I've always loved this version over the revisited version, which gets more love. It's quirky, has bold choices, but it's never dull. That Roger scream is champion all on its own." And we made that comment on the episode, right? There's lots of stuff in that song that is just quintessential Queen. And there's there's yeah. elements in pretty much every Queen song that you're going to be able to say, yeah, well, that's that's great. That's wonderful. This is, you know, that's interesting. That's exciting. Um, so, yeah, so that's picking up on that one thing. Yeah, very cool. Thanks for uh, ringing in. And uh, Ian Winnick adds, from now on, I'm basing my votes on whether or not I would put the song on a playlist. Good idea. So he says here it was a close call, but yes, I'd put it on a playlist called "The Weird and Wonderful Side of Queen." That list uh, will open with "Death on Two Legs." So yeah, good. Uh, maybe that's a good way uh, uh, to to uh, frame that, Ian. He says, "Hey, another great podcast or another great episode, guys." So yeah, thanks for that, Ian. Much appreciated. Darren Helliwell says, uh, "You know, comments most weeks." Which thank you, Darren. Um, Champion. The beginning shocked me when I was a kid. Yes, it does sound unfinished, but there are plenty of things that keep you interested. Exactly what I sort of said to that last comment. So, Our good friend Richard Hearn chimes in, says, Champion, sheer heart attack sets the Queen template for eclectic mix of styles and genres. And if so, is this genre vocals as magnificent instrumentation? <laughs> Question mark. Mm, yeah, good point. Plus, one of the finest outros, or one of their finest outros, Pompous and playful, a bit like myself. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know you, Richard, but uh, you know, maybe you're giving yourself away. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with all, all on all fronts there. Yeah, it, th those vocals being treated that way, it's, it was definitely a, a stylistic choice. It was they could have at any time gone back to to Fred's vocal, uh, but they didn't, and so yeah. It's a good point though, too, right? Because you know, if you got like a two guitar band, if you got a guitar that's or a band that's got two players who play lead guitar, you have to Aerosmith, you know, you've got 
yeah. like Brad Whitford and, and Joe Perry. So yep. they'll they'll play off each other and they'll trade solos. But this really is, it's got that kind of thing where Roger's taking is almost like a lead guitar or a lead yep. instrument um, part in it with the with Brian's guitar coming in underneath it. So I, I, that interplay, so that's a good comment that it's that, you know, treating vocals as instrumentation. And Queen did that, obviously, you know, all over the map. They used it as texture. They used it as lead. They used it as what, rhythm. They used it wherever they needed it. Yeah. Good point, Richard. Yeah. And so PJ at New Mercury says, I'm still on the fence with this one. And then further down, he says, I've been going backwards and forwards on this since I saw the title of the episode. In my head, it's an uncomplicated, unfinished interlude before Stone Cold Crazy. After listening to the Fab episode, thank you very much, PJ, um, I put it on my headphones and and then we get ellipses, but I don't see anywhere else he commented, so he's leaving us hanging. <laughs> so may, may, maybe he commented on that on, on Facebook because he also comments on Facebook, so I'll double-check that one. So. Oh, and our good friend Ben. From the Netherlands. <laughs> from, from the Netherlands. Champion, watching the live version of... In the lap of the gods from 74 makes me realize what an incredible talent a talented live band queen is. Deke is superb. And yeah, you're right. Uh, some really nice playing by Deke in that on that track. I agree wholeheartedly. You, and you commented on that while we were listening to it. That was the, yeah. you know, it was like, man, like, he's playing the shit out of this. You know? <laughs> yeah, he had some real nice runs. And uh, just as we were saying, we had watched that, that, uh, that bit of that live concert and he's kind of throwing his head, Deke is throwing his head back and he's, you can tell he's he's happy with his part. He's he's, yeah. you know, he's he's into it. So just in the zone, eh? Like it's just like I'm feeling the music. It's flowing through me. You know, you gotta you gotta grab it when you can. Uh, Black Pie says tough on this mangling Freddie's vocal line like that is an absolute crime. Um, but Roger's scream and cut glass of vocals <laughs> later redeems it. Taking it as a musical piece rather than a song in quotes, it just about scrapes in as a champion. And that's a fair fair point too, right? So you know. It, <laughs> I struggle with that sometimes myself, like a song, it is a song, but it's not a really fleshed out, fully structured, again, you know, it's one verse, one chorus, outro, you're done. Like it's a pretty, or even really yeah. intro, intro chorus is not, you know. So anyways, without that sort of lack of a real sort of formulaic rock and roll structure, you could easily say it's not a song, but I like that idea that it's as a piece of music. So I, I don't know, I, I, I'm I, on board with it, I'm on board. I've, I've sort of come of the opinion that uh, they saw it as an intro to Stone Cold Crazy, and and really nothing more. Uh, sure, yeah, it's a it's a song on its own, but I I think uh, I think it really needs that song. Absolutely, Stone Cold Crazy after Rob Maher, Champion Sheer Heart Attack is my favorite Queen album, which I always equate to my favorite Beatles album, Abbey Road. The second side of both have a run of short songs, and the lap is a perfect introduction to the Queen version. Uh, as in here, as is, here comes the sun on Abbey Road. Yeah, well, hey, fair point. I didn't put that together, but it's uh, it's an interesting parallel. Yeah, totally. And I, so, and you know, following on from that, so Queen Rocks are our pals down in Australia. Uh, so for the piercing intro, the fade out and in, Roger's insane vocal, and the cool segue to Stone Cold Crazy. This one scrapes in as a champion and starts off Queen's best album side on Queen's best album. And then in brackets, well, today anyway, tomorrow it might be Queen too. So that's again, I think I, I think I mentioned again to you that more side one for me on Sheer Heart Attack is just yeah. absolutely balls out, unbelievably brilliant, and you know side black of Queen too. So that's interesting that, um, that Jason or Jace thinks that side two of, of Sheer Heart Attack is is, is one of his favorite sides. So that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, yeah. Hey, Stephen Ursel, he says I do like the song. Happy it's on the album. 
Uh, it whets the appetite nicely for Stone Cold Crazy. Yes, there you go. And has some cool elements. But as an individual track, it just doesn't catch fire. So, reluctantly, he says it bites the dust. Yeah. Yeah. It's one with you, Kev. So, Simone here says, and this this was an interesting one, too, because I was, I was thinking about this a little bit afterwards. That So, when we went to, because we were talking about how many times it had been played live, um, she said, don't rely on live playlists. Often when they sang the revisited version, the playlist and onstage announcement simply said, in the lap of the gods. So she says, I like this one best because in revisited, love is gone. All you want is my money, but prefer vocals on revisited. So she just prefers the tone of this one versus revisited. But again, that idea that, you know, because when you go to setlist.fm, I've noticed this with other artists too, where, you know, if there's two versions of a song, so there's a Tom Petty song called Walls, and there's two versions, Walls number three or Walls Circus, well, they never played Circus live just because it was a big full arrangement with horns and all kinds of things where live uh, Walls number three was the stripped down version. So I can see that possibly things get mangled. So maybe it was played a few more times or maybe it was played, you know, could have been played fewer too. Who knows? Could go either way. Yeah. Alice's dad. Um, now, this one is difficult. For a long time, I used to fast forward the tape to skip this song. As I've got older, I've learned to appreciate it for what it is. As an extended intro into Stone Cold Crazy, I can live with it, but on its own, has to be my first dust, unfortunately. So we've got to, we'd, we'd, people are dusting. People are dusting now, right? I know. Yeah, I know. They're going to get up in the morning and they're going to dust their broom. <laughs> Dieter from My Chameleon Days says, it's a weird one. Basically, just a verse and a chorus, uh, but it's enough to keep me interested. I like uh, what they did with Freddie's vocals and Roger's fal- falsettos out of this world. Nice drum and guitar work too. Champion. So yeah, all fair points. I think we can all pick good stuff, you know, that we like out of it. At PJ Wally, there we go. Listen to the podcast this morning here in the UK and the little Welsh flag. And it's been an earworm in my head all day. So a champion one, you know, and again, there's a good gauge of it. If the song sticks with you, it's doing something right, right? Yeah, I would say. Um, Paul Moody from In the Lap of the Pods says, champion, no need to explain why. (laughs) (laughs) The master of concision, let's call him that. Uh, Yeah, Jim C, never skipped, always loved champion and abby says come on surely it's worth it for the roger scream and it, again i mean it it is unique in 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 that <laughs> roger doesn't do that really on anything on any other queen song that i can think of in terms of sort of being that lead vocal yeah. so he doesn't really do that again so i i totally get it i totally get it um and then rob hatton it's difficult to judge a lot of sheer heart attack songs individually as they all blend together so well to make the fantastic album as a whole Absolutely. Uh, this song kicks off side two with an operatic bang before smoothly leading into Stone Cold Crazy. Roger's insanely high vocals and Freddie's demonic voice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to interpret there. There you go. Okay, so the poll on Twitter. And we will go to Facebook very quickly and pick off a couple of comments, but the poll was overwhelmingly in your court, Randy. We were split yeah. on this one. We were split on this one. I downvoted it. And I have my reasons and I stand by them. Um, you gave it a thumbs up, but we were 90% champion, 10% bites the dust. There you go. Now on, um, Facebook, we've been having some issues with, you know, we can't get good polls on there. So whatever. So I'd introduced a system where if people want to vote it champion, they do the love reaction. And if they want to bite the dust, then they do the teardrop uh, reaction. So 11 champions, four teardrops. There you go. Doug Curran says, check my spreadsheet. Yes, I made a spreadsheet. And this track placed 84 out of 152 Queen Studio album tracks. So he says it bites the dust. He's doing the he's doing the, the median line. He's doing the midpoint. I like that. I like that this song is so uh, is so is so polarizing, you know? Absolutely. And it, again, it's that thing of 
and I said it in the episode, I, I love this song, but do I love it as much as anything else on She Heart Attack? I don't know. I don't know if I'd yeah. put it in the top, you know, 75, 80, 90% of the tracks on that album. So that's where I was kind of coming from. Um, yeah. uh, Brycey, who's told us to call him Brycey or John Bryce, uh, says, champion for me, I was totally thrown with <laughs> with both of our votes on this. He was convinced it was going to be the other, other way around. And yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. I can see that. And he for says, sure. I think it's, it's a champion for all the reasons that I gave. Um, the track order on She Heart Attack is perfectly placed for me. And some of the segues on this album make it greater than its individual parts. The segue between In the Lap of the Gods into Stone Cold Crazy is no exception. Um, and I do believe that the album is less of a concept album than Queen 2. But Queen was still in that groove when they recorded it. So yeah, that's again... I completely agree with everything you've just said. And they had that sort of, it was it was a very gradual thing where they, you know, Queen 2 was the, the high concept. Sheer Heart Attack was this, again, let's throw as much paint as we can on the canvas and see what sticks, see what sort of shades and textures and, and tones we can get. And then Night at the Opera was kind of that honing of that. Day at the Races was the first step away from it. And then that was where we started, started getting those things. So those three, you know, Queen 2, Sheer Heart Attack, Night at the Opera, those that's the what I would sort of think of as their... Um, the concept or, you know, the really eclectic phase before they sort of yeah. started going off into, into different things. Brian Delaney says, Hey, I went back and forth during the episode. It's not a bad song by any means, but it's not one I would consider to be in the top percentage of songs. Unfortunately bites the dust for me. Thank you, Brian. And uh, Steve Jonkman, it's quintessential queen, but it's nowhere near as, as iconic as the revisited version. So it bites the dust. Also, as much as it works as an album track, I think Now I'm Here would have been a much better opener for side two. Well, yeah, I'm with you. So this is something interesting too. So I think that one thing we might do as a bonus episode sometime, Randy, once we get close, like I said, once we get close to the end and we've covered more songs, or maybe as we cover all the songs on one album, is something I do on my Petty pod, uh, podcast is that we... At the end of the season, I do a, a season wrap-up with a, a friend of mine, John Paulson, down in California. And one of the things we do is we resequence it if we think it could be done in a different order. So that'd be an interesting because I totally understand what he's talking about with Now mm -hmm. I'm Here opening side two, but I don't know what you would close side one with. And I don't know where you put in the lap of the gods then. So all very good things to think about. Well, maybe in the lap of the gods hits the bin. And they throw something else. <laughs> that was better. <laughs> Rude Seegers. If there is a podcast named after a song, it can never bite the dust as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, like we were saying. I, I, I would like to I would like to say I think we got the second best podcast name for Clean. But uh, but we did not get the first. So yeah, good point, Rude. Oh, so good. And again, you know, we always say this every week and we when we 100% mean it. Thank you so much for all the conversations online. Um, it's, it's great to chat with people about Queen. It's certainly always great to chat with people who know a hell of a lot more about Queen than I do um, because then I learn and I like learning and um, I don't mind being wrong. I don't know whether I was necessarily wrong last week, but I don't mind being wrong nonetheless. So, <laughs> Okay, so you know what we should do now, Randy? We should hey, spin Kevin. this stupid goddamn wheel and find out what song we're going to sing. Sing? Why don't we spin the wheel? Yeah, and you sing it. I'll sing you it, sing all right. It. You sing it for the, our friends online here. Okay, so before we do that, as I always ask you, is there anything at all that you're thinking you might like to listen to tonight? Is there any sort of mood that you're in um, that I could even say, you know, or I'm feeling a bit pensive, or maybe we could listen to this, or I'm feeling a little bit aggressive, maybe we could listen to this. So what do you think? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you exactly what I want to hear. 
and I want to hear a very, very specific song. Oh, here we go. Okay, you're going to call your shot. Well, I'm going to go. I want to hear Radio Gaga off the works. It's a pretty great song. I think, oh. you know, considered, I mean, if it's not Roger's best song, it's got to be up there in the top three, I would say. Yep. I want to still listen. I think I called this, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I kind of want to get into jazz. I want to get something from jazz that's a little bit different, a little bit off the wall. So that's what I'm calling. So you're going for, I've forgotten already. You're going for Radio Gaga. <laughs> and I'm saying all something we need. from jazz. It's all we need. It's all we need. It's okay. That's what I'm saying, man. You ready for the spin, Randy? Do it. Okay, after 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 everything we said, I bet I bet we get something from the miracle. So I'm gonna call that there. Let's have a see what we're getting. We're coming around and we're oh hey oh. Yeah, we're not getting we're not getting Radio Gaga. We are not getting something no. from jazz. No. Um we're getting a second track from an album. I'm pretty sure we've only had one track from this album before. What song are we talking about tonight, Randy? Well, you know what? What we're gonna to listen to tonight, Kev, is innuendo off of innuendo. Okay, again, every week, the first thing I ask you is, are you familiar with this song? Do you think that you know it? I think I know this one. Oh, that's very good, very good. We'll find out, though. We'll find out very soon. In a world where queen facts matter, two men, one tall, one not tall. We'll scour the internet relying mainly on Wikipedia. Kevin Brown, Randy Woods in Seaside Pod Review. All right, so uh, innuendo at six minutes, 32 seconds. So we've got all our usual suspects is what I always like to say. But uh, this time we have Steve Howe uh, playing the classical guitar and David Richards playing synths, uh, recorded Mountain Studios in Montreux and Metro Metropolis Studios, sorry, in London in March of 89 and November of 90. So... You know, it, it sounds like the song was born from uh, a jam uh, at Mountain Studios, uh, and is 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 uh, written by Freddie and Roger. But I do believe it looks like it's credited to to the whole band. Very, very distinctly remember this coming out. So I think I'm I'm pretty sure that the Miracle. I'm pretty sure that was the first Queen album I bought with my own money. So I would have been 16 when that one came out, and I remember going into. Ashton in Makerfield, for those people who know the uh, northwest of England, um, on the bus from Wigan and picking that album up and listening to it on my my Sony Walkman all the way back on the bus and liking it, but not sort of being completely blown away. When this song came out, and again, it it's going to be hard not to tip my hand through through listening to this song. It just it blew my mind because it was one of those it's one of those songs that sort of you weren't really expecting from Queen at this point. Um, it's a lot proggier. It's longer. I mean, they released this as a single. It was 632. They released that whole thing as a single, which is, you know, back in 91, that's a long, long, long single. The long single right now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so I remember it being a kind of like, oh shit, if this is the way they're going, going now, this album's going to kick ass. So it made me very excited for the album coming out. Um, and I'm just going to kind of look, Randy. So this single came out 
on the 14th of January. Um, and the album came out on the 4th of February. Which remember remember when they used to do that, Randy? When bands used to leave with the single and then release uh, release the album? Remember when that used to happen? I do. I do, Kevin. I'm of that era. Yeah. I really am. Well, without further without further ado. pretty ominous eh <laughs> it's pretty ominous yeah you got the you get the imperial march happening there yeah uh, <laughs> but well, yeah the, the so far the... so far i do not recognize it sorry okay so i i could have been mistaken uh which you know which is entirely possible You're and there's always there's always comparisons with this one to cashmere which i think is a little bit i think it's a little bit wider the mark just because cashmere is a lot more straight into the very heavy beat where this one isn't this one's got a bit well i mean we're 40 some seconds in here and we've got that really slow build um but again it was it was after you know the singles from the miracle were i want it all which is a big heavy hard rock song i think scandal was a single the miracle was a single invisible man was a single break was a single so they were all a lot sort of they had a lot more pop sensibilities so for this to be the single off this album that's what i meant when i heard this it's like whoa 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 this is old queen this is queen going back to the sort of the the proggier stuff so i was very excited by this cool yeah i'm not getting any cashmere vibes yet One thing I always like about Rogers Phil's on that is he doesn't come in on the one. He just hangs it that little, I think it's on the and. It's not the one he and, it's, it's on the and or on, or, or on the two or something. But he comes in just slightly off the beat, which again, it's just, it's a small little simple thing. And he does it as a motif throughout, but it just, it really sort of gives that accent to to that rhythm part that I've, I've always loved that bit. <laughs> well, I can definitely see, uh, I, could, I could definitely see how you might want to compare that to, to Cashmere. Well, because it's got it's got strings in it. I mean, as far, yeah, I mean, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a but, very thumping drum part, but melodically, it's not close, right? No, <laughs> no. Well, it's, you know, it's not like uh, not like Zeppelin holds a patent on you know playing chords <laughs> in that particular arrangement or you know melodies, you know, in that style. So. Yeah. 
quite simple in terms of a chord structure, right? Very few chords, really. You're getting one chord with, and then a, then a, a, a key change, and then it goes into the major and into the chorus. So again, really, really simple, but it's all about the mood and all about those textures they're they're adding in behind. So the, the synths, you know, they're not obviously they're not strings, but it's that string feel, the synths, and those little bits and pieces that Brian's putting in, and you know, it's just adding this, it's, it's creating this vibe. Yeah, recorded in when again? March 89 to November 90. Yeah. 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 Uh, sorry. I was just going to add that those uh, uh, synth sounds are definitely of the, uh, of the era. If not even, if not even maybe a, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say maybe even a touch stodgy for the area era, but uh, they sound like 80s synths. I was just going to comment too. So maybe we'll leave this till the end of the next verse, but I just want to pay attention a little bit to the, to the lyrics. Cause it's a really sort of, and I don't know, you know, obviously Freddie and Roger wrote this, but I don't know if Freddie wrote all the lyrics. I suspect actually that he did because they're quite good. Um, and we've talked about Roger's lyrics before, but I, I suspect that it's probably Freddie and then a bit more of a collaboration on the music, but there, it's a really good lyric in this song. It's a really, really good lyric, especially you get this weird little interlude in the bridge. So I just pay attention as, as we're going to. Pay attention, Mr. Woods, is what I'm saying to you. Oh, sorry, sorry, Mr. Brown. <laughs> that verse man like that's so it's so contemporary while we live according to race color or creed while we rule by blind madness and pure greed our lives dictated by tradition superstition false religion through the eons and on and on you know it's that thing of we never fucking learn humans we just never learn to sort of get past all this these bullshit petty differences and just get on with sort of coexisting yeah well i think you're wrong about that So Brexit, Trump, like what you know, what part of this is you know, what part of this is going well? The the the, con- the freedom convoys, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's it's fair point. I was just noticing the uh, I was looking at the chords as they're going going by there too. Yeah, so right. it's just kind of that it's kind of that old sort of heavy metal trope, you know, the E to F. Yeah, and then they're just sliding up, you know, then they're just sliding up to G sharp, to, you know, A and and then F sharp to B, and uh, but you know, hey effective it gives it that it gives it that moody otherworldly sort of yeah i don't know what you know if that's the right word or not but i think so yeah it's yeah. got i mean it's got a, it, it, it's atmospheric right i mean it's really you're not quite sure where this song's going to go yet yeah you know it's at six and that we're you know we're only a, a third way into the song and you you know you think okay well i don't think they're going to just keep doing this the whole whole time so it, it sort of sets up it's setting things up it's stage setting. you know it's, it's the first act in this in this play i think right Righto.
talk to you about. Like this was, you know, Freddie recorded eighty nine ninety. So Freddie's getting, you know, they know what's going on. They they're aware of his diagnosis. All this kind of stuff's going on. But what a fucking vocal that is. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, I was wondering because I wasn't sure exactly when he was diagnosed. But uh, he, yeah, he's got to. They've got to know exactly, like you say. They have to know at this point. So, and I think a lot of these sessions were, you know, it, obviously in the old days they would have, it would have, they would have got more out of Freddie in a single session, where maybe these sessions would have taken longer and he'd have had to take bigger breaks between his. Or, and I don't know that. I'm just sort of, you know, projecting that. But, but just to get that take to get, and I don't think that. You're not going to touch up Freddie's vocals too, too much because I think he'd hear it and he'd rip your lungs out for, you know, taking the piss. So I'm sure it would have been, okay, I'm going to, no, leave it with me. I'll come back in tomorrow. We'll do it again and I will get it. And he comes in and just shreds this fucking, just like I said, such a good vocal. It's so powerful. Yeah, that's a great, that last line there in particular for yeah. sure. Yeah. Really hits that high note again. Some some Queen songs you think I, I can I can get through most of that, and this one's one resourcing. Oh yeah, no, this is in my range. Hits that note. Ah, no, I'm out. Brown out. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're going to a solo. If I was uh, guessing, man. Through the sorrow. All through our splendor Don't take offense at my innuendo So again, this is where you get the, the comparisons to and especially when I, you know, when this first got played on, on the radio on BBC One you get into you know you go through that first verse chorus first chorus then it breaks down like this it is it's that sort of that really rapturous fuck they're back like they're back they've returned to form this is this is you know quote unquote my queen this is what i fell in love with this is exactly what i want to hear fair dinkum <laughs> fair what are you, are you fucking challenging your aussie uh or queen rocks pals now fair dinkum that's right <laughs> So I'm going to, I'll just, I'll roll that back a couple of seconds when we come back in, but I want to just read you this. So this pretty is spanky, uh, pretty spanking sounding uh, acoustics there too. Yeah. Oh man. And isn't that recorded beautifully? It like is, the, ca yeah. the capture on that guitar is just, it's so clean and it's, it's so it's just beautiful. So Steve Howe, who, you know, our guitarist from Yes, um, was in Geneva, you know, was at the time and, and ran some people. And so he, he kind of said, oh, well, Queen's in the studio drop in, you know, come say hi. So he comes in and um, apparently as soon as he gets into the studio, Merc Freddie asked him to play some guitar. Um, and then someone else said that it was Brian who asked him to play the Franco bit. But anyways, so he says, so according to Steve, I'm going to read this, this quote. So he says, inside, there's Freddie, Brian and Roger all sitting together. And they go, let's play the album. Of course, I'm hearing it for the first time. And they saved innuendo itself until last. They played it and I was fucking blown away. They all chimed in. We want some crazy Spanish guitar flying around over the top. Improvise. I started noodling around on the guitar and it was pretty tough. After a couple of hours, I thought, I've bitten off more than I can chew here. 
I had to learn a bit of the structure, work out where the caudal roots were, where you had to fall if you did a mad run in the distance, where you, you know you have to know where you're going. But it got towards the evening and we doodled and I noodled and it turned out to be really good fun. We had this beautiful dinner. We go back to the studio and have a listen and they go, that's great. That's what we wanted. How cool is that, hey? Well, very cool. And how how much uh, how much fun would that be to play on a Queen track as a guitar player, hey? Like well, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously he's a he's a he's a talented man, uh, you know, in a in a talented man and in a very amazing band on on his own. Yeah. But uh, it's got to be it's got to be pretty cool. It's funny too because you get you hear that all the time, right? From musicians who are like you said, musicians who are really accomplished and proficient and and successful. But if you take them out of their units, you know, the guys that they're used to playing with, and that sort of that little circle of trust where. They know what to expect. They know what the rhythms are of the of the band. Throw them into someone else's context and someone else's environment. It doesn't matter how good you are. Sometimes it can be a little bit. Well, I hope I get this right because it's these guys' song. You know what I mean? Like there's because I'm sure you've had that a million times when you've played in other people's records where you think, well, I kind of hope I get this right because I hope this is what they want. Or yeah, well, I mean, you know, they're hiring you because because you do what you do, uh, and 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 so you got to just go and you got to just go and do, and do that, right? Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, most musicians that I know, and I'm obviously not talking about uber elite famous musicians, but most musicians I know, you know, you'll see, you'll think, oh man, I don't know if I should ask that person to come play on my song. They, you right. know, they might say, they'll probably say no, or they're, they're too busy or whatever. But, uh, but the answer is always yes. Everybody wants, everybody wants to collaborate. Everybody wants to be part of everybody else's project. Everybody's flattered and 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 surprised and so happy that you want them to play on their track yeah and we can only assume these these guys are all obviously contemporaries and so for, for steve to be asked he was probably like oh fuck yeah sure i'll you know I'll do my <laughs> absolutely best, you know what i mean yeah so that especially, would be my answer uh, you know <laughs> yeah yeah especially when you hear the track and you think oh my god yeah i'd love to be a part of this right so all right let's get back into some more i mean this we're getting some some great guitar here around so you're gonna love this Pretty sweet, hey. So would that have been played? Cool. That is that that's actually on a flamenco guitar. Those are nylon strings, right? Yeah. So that's just a yeah. It's yeah. That's fancy speak for a classical guitar on with nylon strings. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you'll notice that, and it could have been a miking technique too, but you'll notice it doesn't have quite the body of a, you know, like a full Martin D D twenty eight or D eighteen. Right. Uh, it just doesn't have the body. You can you can hear when they get when they get down. You can sort of hear a little bit more mids like you maybe might like but uh yeah and that's what it, my comment was initially that they're they're quite spanky those guitars are very you know sound they're really close mic'd and and uh yeah spanky so spanky is I that <laughs> do you mean trebly is that is that would that be another would yeah, that be... Tre yeah, tre okay. yeah trebly trebly and but then also like you know just where the mic's placed you can really hear the strings and and right it's, like it's it's spanky. It's slappy. It's <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like you can really, you can really hear that. Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's so much different than a, a steel string, of uh, you know, dreadnought acoustic. Right. You can't be anything you want to be. Just turn yourself into anything you think that you could ever be. Be free with your tempo. Be free. Be free. Surrender your ego. Be 
That's Queen, hey? Like we, we've said that a few, you know, sometimes when we stop and you go, yeah, sounds like Queen. <laughs> yeah, well, there, yeah, they just laid a great big Queen turd on you right there. And, <laughs> and, uh, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's Queen. <laughs> big Queen turd on you. <laughs> don't, don't do that when I'm just sipping my beer, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't sip beer when I'm about to lay a fucking face melter on you. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's let's listen to some more music, Randy. Play it. Again, I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> I definitely get the uh, maiden comparisons there. Yeah, that just sounds exactly like something Steve Harris would have wrote, or, or 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 you know whoever from from Maiden, especially with the 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 snare kick, snare kick, snare kick, snare kick, because you know they yeah. Maiden would do the lot in the breakdown. They're going to like double time. That's the way they're going to do that quite often. And melodically, Brian, I'm sure the boys in Maiden certainly would have been listening to Brian, you know, because Brian does that usually on one guitar where they've got three lead guitars, so they can really lay those those melodies up when they're playing those solos. So I totally get the, I definitely get the comparison with that. But yeah. again, yeah. it just still just sounds like Queen, right? You got the you said you got those huge harmonies coming out of that section. Yeah. Or first of all, you get the verse, chorus, verse, chorus. All sounds quiet, you know. We're floating along. Everything, everything sounds cool. Then we get that bridge; it drops out, and it gets, then we get that flamenco guitar. Then we get the big harmonized section. Now we're getting the Brian May Red Special shreddy bit. So it's it's got it's like we're throwing literally everything in the arsenal. We're throwing at this. We're throwing every single trick in the book that we've learned over the last twenty years. We're putting it in one song. They're throwing every ounce of shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. And most of it is fucking sticking, <laughs> if not all. So, uh, yeah, very maidenly. Continue. So did you catch that again? So I was talking about that earlier when Roger comes in on that when he comes in with the snare, but he comes in. He's, he's a, a half beat off the off the. He doesn't come in on the one. And I said I love that. So I'll. I think I just rolled it back. Just listen. Just tell me. Think, sure. Tell me if you think it's as cool as I think it is. Because I, I bet you'll go. Eh, yeah, that's all right, Kev. But okay, let's let's check it out. Catch it. Yeah, he. I would say he's right on right on beat one. You think so? But is it so? Is it just a really yeah. really grace note light note? Yeah, I'm just he, not quite I, hearing I it. I would say he's just he's he's just rolling ah, rolling right. out of out of four out of four and landing on the I, I was just I was counting. Okay. Uh and it sounded to me like he landed on the one. But uh but that's just me. I'm gonna see if I can get isolated tracks for this then. Because I'm curious. I'm curious. Sure. I'm curious like a cat. Sure, sure. Yeah. The sky. If there's a point, if there's a reason to live on Drop is release your 
So we've gone back into now, you know, the main body of the song. But that, you know, we, we've talked lots about, you know, and we did with the Prophet song, we talked about middle sections that are too long or, you know, the, you, you don't love because they've got a, they're a bit inflated or a bit, you know, whatever. This one to me is the perfect balance of it. It's like Bohemian Rhapsody. And again, this song kind of got compared to Bohemian Rhapsody, I think a little bit inaccurately because it's a completely different beast. But it's got elements that are the same in, in terms of the sections are all exactly where they need to be. They're constructed as they need to be, and they don't drag. Nothing about this song drags. It doesn't feel like a six and a half minute song where, where it is to me, anyways. What do you, what, what do you think of that? Well, sure, sure. Uh, here, well, here's what I think. This sounds to me like three songs just jammed together. Yep. It just sounds like a just a great big cookie of uh, you know the part the section we're in now. And just just jammed into the you know the other bit. So, uh, but 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 does it feel does it feel too long? I mean, I I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to tell starting and stopping like this. I know, I know. But uh, but yeah, no. I I will tell you this. I'm enjoying it. How about that? Okay, well, let's get through the end of the song then. Pretty sweet lick on the outro by Brian. Yeah. What's that, Randy? Oh, that was a pretty sweet lick on the outro by Brian there. <laughs> the feedback. Yeah, oh, yeah. Then you so, don't know for sure a song's over if you've got some squealing <laughs> guitars. <laughs> so I just want to go back to the lyrics in that last verse. If there's a God or any kind of justice under the sky, if there's a point, if there's a reason to live or die, if there's an answer to the questions we feel bound to ask, show yourself, destroy our fears, release your mask. So how do you interpret that? I interpret it the exact same way everybody else does, Kevin. <laughs> like with my brain, and then I, I pass judgments. Um, oh, ha, 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 you're so funny. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's such an it's got that ontological component to it, where it's, it's it really is sort of thinking about the nature of being, right? It's, it's that kind of why are we all here, what's the fucking point? And then this last verse is really questioning that sort of if there is a higher power, why are you being so opaque? Why are you fucking around with all these indecipherable books that everyone's been arguing over for two thousand fucking years? Why don't you just actually tell us what you want from us or what you want us to do? Right. So it's really quite yep. unapologetically critical, I think of. You know, I always took that last verse of being really quite critical of mainstream religion, of these these gods and monsters that human beings invent and create for ourselves, and, and yeah. sort of saying that you know. And that, but then it goes into the course again. Yeah, but we'll keep on trying. We'll tread that fine line. We'll keep on smiling. So it's that, despite all that bullshit, we are indomitable. We are, we do have this sort of human spirit that we're all possessed with. And I I've always liked that sort of duality in the in, in the lyrics in this song. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
yeah uh actually really quite really quite good lyrics that's yeah i like it a lot that's that's great and also accurate yeah okay randy again i, I think this is one that definitely you're gonna have to listen to i actually it's it's probably the first one i think prophet song i, I should have done but this is the first one where i'm I'm almost tempted. I'm not going to do it because it's not the format of our show, but I'd be tempted to actually just sit and let you listen to this straight through just to see, because it really is a song that it's going to suffer when we start chopping in, in and out and not letting it flow and everything else. Right. So what we could maybe do for season three, I might think about this is once we've gone through and we get to this point in the, in the episode is just listen to the song. We'll just listen to the song through once. So at least we've then got a good idea of, the thing as a whole because again for songs that either you've not heard or you're less familiar with i think that might be a little bit better for you because i'm always putting you on the spot and it's a bit unfair to you because i know these songs um to sort of get a bit more of an informed opinion about the the song as a whole rather than just the the individual parts how does that sound sounds like it'll make it take longer <laughs> is that okay or is that is that a good thing or a bad thing yeah no i'm just kidding um yeah yeah no for sure the, uh, that would be a good thing and and now, and now, Queen, this 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 innuendo, it really, it probably would really, really do well to be heard altogether without without the stopping. Uh, but like you said, that's not the format of the show. Yeah, here's what I want to do then for next week. Rather than spending a ton of time on the socials, what I'll do is I will pick off some of the highlights of this. What I think are highlights of the socials or some of the key comments that have you know can move this conversation forward a little bit but i'd like you to listen to this song a couple three times in its entirety and just make any of the notes because i think it's this is this is a big song in queen's catalog you know it's the first it's the lead single off what a lot of people consider the last album or certainly the last album when freddie was alive still and it's again it's a return to a way of making music that they hadn't done for quite a while so i'd like you to listen to it in its entirety and then come back and just give me some different thoughts. So, so Kev, what do you think? Is this a champion or does this one bite the dust? I mean, we'll get into it after we both voted. Um, so I'll throw it back over to you. Does this one bite the dust? Is it too long for Randy? Is it too proggy for Randy? Or the sheer magnificence and glory of it, does it make it one of the champions? What say you? We are the champions, my friends. Yeah, it's, again, this, I think that I, I would, listen, I'm going to say something very um, arrogant right now. I think I would speak for the majority of, of hardcore Queen fans in saying that this is a really important song for most most of us. Because again, it was that return to form. It was a return to being really interested in saying "fuck it," and it was this was the lead single off this new album. You know, so to bear that in mind too. This is 1991 when we're in pop music reigns. Rock music's kind of you know it's it's just before the grunge bubble kicks things back off again. And Queen are not fashionable here. You know, they're not a band. They're they're granddads. They're they're kind of out of vogue. You know, the miracle didn't really do many favors in that regard. They kind of got pigeonholed as these old duffers who were out of touch with everything. So to go back and say, you know what, you know what then? Then fuck it. 
We're not going to try and catch up with anyone else. We're going to go back to what we do really, really well. And we're going to make this song that is four songs, or it's these four different movements across this idea, this big idea about, you know, existentialism and all these types of things. That I think that's a really, you know, I, the word brave gets overused sometimes, but but creatively, I think it's a brave decision for a band like Queen to come out and do something like this at this stage in degrees. And it was just, a, it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind when I was, you know, 18 when this came out. I loved it. Hey, so Kev, uh, what I'm interested in is what were you listening to at this time? And did you feel as though Queen were the old guard, the old, the old stodgy guys from yesteryear? Yeah, I mean, looking back, I would say that young Kevin um, loved Queen unconditionally. Like, I, I don't, I don't really think that at the time. Well, the Miracle for it is a good example of that. When I listen to the Miracle now, I have a lot of problems with that album. And, you know, we haven't got into that album at all yet, but there's no. some songs on that album that are just, uh, you know, when I look back. At the time, it was a new Queen album, and I didn't I didn't think it was as strong as some of the other stuff, but I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily look at it critically. Um, and then the other stuff that I was listening to, well, I was still listening to all the stuff I grew up with. I was listening to the Beatles, the Kinks, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, you know, Zep, all, all those bands. But on top of that, like, the, the contemporary music that I was listening to was indie. So I was listening to Stone Roses and I don't know if the Wonder Stuff were quite around. Yeah, I know the Wonder Stuff would have been around. So sort of British indie indie rock. So this was a million, million, million miles away from it. But what I would say is I don't remember there being anything on the radio that sounded like this at this time. Queen were the only ones who were doing... Queen were the only band who could got, could have got away with releasing Innuendo or anything like it. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they were mm -hmm. the old yeah. guard. And I think that, like I said, that's why this song... <laughs> was so impactful is because it was like they've stopped trying to catch up with everyone else now. They've stopped trying to be, you know, trying to bring, you know, drum machines and, and these crappy synths everywhere. I mean, I think the synths in this song, like you said, they, they do sound of a period, but I think they actually still work because they yeah. fit the mood of the song. Whereas they didn't, like I said, they didn't always get that right, Queen, in the 80s. They didn't always get that sort of, you know, that balance right between new and old, and they kind of sacrificed a lot of what made them interesting in the 70s, where this song gets back to being really interesting because it is, you know, it, it's not a straightforward rock song. It's not a pop song. It's got movements in it. It's got flamenco guitar in there, which, Jesus Christ, I mean, what rock band's putting flamenco guitar in a song? And, you know, so no one's doing that. So it exists outside of everything else that was happening at the time, certainly and certainly with Queen. So I don't know if that answers the question. Did it uh, not chart? Number one, baby. Number one. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. so that and that was in the UK, right? I, I forget yeah. where the. I'm not sure where the list is, but I will say this. I would say that I would say that I've never ever heard this on the radio in Canada. Okay. Uh, and if I would have, it would have certainly been FM. <laughs> right. Uh, and not and not mainstream, but uh, my my take on it my take on it is this. I think it's sounds to me like three songs. Uh, jammed together with some really good lyrics. Freddie singing it. We get knocked over the head with their 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 queenness. Yeah, in the middle. Uh, and we got a you know we got a nice tasty solo with 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 some. Uh, it's really nice to have some extra musicians brought on board. It's it's it gives it a really nice uh, a really nice feel. And I'm talking about how I like the the spanky flamenco guitar. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's why I that's you know I guess that's why I have to give it a. a well, I have to say it's. Uh, I have to give it a thumbs up. 
especially considering I gave in the lap of the gods. <laughs> but also, as I had said last week, is I should quit being a softy and, and try and be more critical. And uh, although I would say this is a long ways away from, from the Queen songs that I know, I would say this is a long way away from my favorite song. Yeah. I, I can't, I just can't, I can't, I can't put it in, in the, in the, in the dustbin. But now if we're going to do the, the test that, and I'm not sure who, who said this, would I add this to my playlist? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I'll have, I'll, I'll have to give it, I'll have to, I'm, I'm going to listen to it again uh, before we get together next week. I'll listen to it a few times and uh, I'll answer that question again. If you remind me. Absolutely. If you don't, I will, I'll forget. So I should mention at this point very quickly that if if we were of a mind, and I'm not really of a mind right now, but uh, my good friend Corey Morissette, who um, host is one of the co-hosts on and the podcast will rock, from whom we stole this format, hosts another sh- uh, another fantastic podcast about Aerosmith, and what they do on that one is they still they roll a dice this time to pick which song they're going to talk about, but what they're looking to do is is create the ultimate Aerosmith mixtape. So if we were to say that, you know, if you wanted a a 20-track playlist that sort of to give to someone else to say, this is who Queen is, does this song make it? Now, I would make a very strong argument that you would have to put it on there. Hmm. But I would I could make that argument for about 50 or 60 songs. So yeah. very difficult. So anyway. I was going to say, and you know what? That's, uh, that's a conversation we should have in... How long is it going to take us to get through all of these? About three years, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's a conversation uh, that we should have then. Mm-hmm. Because as it stands right now, from what I know about Queen and what we've heard, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, that's, fair. that's fair. But, but you know, we haven't done the rest. But it's always nice getting, like I said, this is this is what I love about having these conversations about these songs with you is that it, it's nice to have someone who's got a very good musical ear, but also has a little bit of detachment from some of the sentimental side of these songs, but also still loves the band. You know yeah. what I mean? So so it's it's that you're in that unique position to hear some of these songs that, you know, Queen fans, they're just like our fucking DNA. Like, they're just, it's just part of who we are. But you get to sort of think, well, okay, yeah, no, I know, I see that it's a good song or whatever. But you can say, well, do I love it as much as good old-fashioned lover boy? Probably not. Do I love it as much as this? Uh, maybe not, you know. And I totally get that. And I respect that, Randy. I respect it. Well, you know what, Kev? That's really big of you. <laughs> I'm a big you're, man on campus. <laughs> you're a you're a big man with a big heart. All right. Well, you know, I think uh <laughs> innuendo is a very long song, and this is gonna end up being quite a long episode. Just because because it is a long song, there's lots to talk about. Um, let's wrap it up for now. And like I said, I'll give you some homework via the old um electronic mail. Thanks, Kev. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And I will be testing you. Um, and then we'll we'll reconvene, you know, we'll reconvene next week. I think we should do that. I think you should try and whittle this episode down and get rid of some of the useless banter. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gold. That's the problem. We're we're so funny. We're so witty that, you know, how do I edit this now? I'll cut out I, almost almost everything I've said. I amuse me. <laughs> Knee slap, I make me laugh. Uh... <laughs> all right, well let's um let's quit talking and give the final word to our my hero at least Freddie Mercury good night good night man man what a song proggy goodness with a touch of metal 
peppered with some Spanish guitars. It's like a rock salad for your ears. We'd sure like to know what you have to say about Queen and Innuendo, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you get some time, go check out that Deep Dive Podcast Network. Lots of great stuff on there. And we will be back with you next week to continue this ride that we're on that's going to take a lot longer than I anticipated when I signed on. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.